gentlemen, welcome to Honor Radio. We are so excited to be bringing this back. It's been many or a few years since the COVID uh, situation that derailed us for a while, but we're bringing it back and we're so excited. This is episode number 27, and we have some amazing guests that we've got lined up that we're going to be bringing you over the upcoming weeks and months and years, and Rick and I are super excited. I think we deserve a get some with that one, Rick. Three, five, get up! Three, five, get up! I love it, buddy. Um... I'm honored and I'm so excited to introduce our 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 first guest of the year, uh, Coach Von Vogt. He is the Vice President of Athletics for William Jessup. He is an amazing friend. I have gotten to know him over the years as uh, the Honor Group and the Honor Bowl has been growing here in Sacramento and throughout the nation. And uh, we have some great stuff coming up that we're going to talk about uh, towards the end of this podcast of what we're going to be do- doing together in honoring vets at that university. But uh, coach, it is so good to have you on. God bless you, buddy. Uh, you know, Mark, thank you for having me, um, you know, coach to coach. Uh, I appreciate you. I think that we were kindred spirits when we first met. I will say though, that I think that, you know, that you, you you've, you know, you put a uh, a large meal on my plate that I'm going to have to, you know, do justice to since we're relaunching this amazing podcast and I, and I'm the first guest. I don't know what your selection criteria was. Nobody else available. I mean, I, I don't know how this happened, but, but I, I just want to make sure you didn't make a mistake and I was supposed to come on later down the road. No, sir. We did not make a mistake. We're super excited to have you on. I mean, we were on a zoom a couple weeks ago and we were relaunching it. And I, and after the end of that zoom, I said, we got to invite coach Von vote on and, and, uh, and that's what led to this. And thank you for accepting the invitation. Uh, I really appreciate you, buddy. Hey man, let's just jump right into this. Um, you are an amazing head coach. You've done great things over the years with your career with uh, 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 at William Jessup. I, I really want people to get to know you, all right? So tell us about your history as a coach, how you got started, uh, what led you to the coaching field. You know, if we could just kind of break it down uh, from there, and then I, I want to ask you a few more things about your family. But uh, tell us how you got started in coaching. You know, it's it's really, um, you know, it's probably not uh, a particularly unique story, but but it, it, it is an example of how God works in your life. Uh, to be quite honest with you, Mark, it was not my design to be a coach. I was a player. Um, I had all these aspirations and dreams, you know, to to play professionally and and to play, you know, at a at, at, in college at a really high level and accomplish all of these things because the game, you know, and, and sports in general had been my life growing up. I mean, I I uh, I invested in them. I they spoke to me. It was part of my spirit. And when I played them, I got a chance to be the full version of what God created me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I got to college. And uh, eight games into my freshman year, I blow out my my left knee and I tear three ligaments, my ACL, my LCL, my MCL, tear some cartilage along with it. It's called the unhappy triad for a reason. Uh, it took two surgeries to, 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 to put it back together again. I rehabbed. I make it all the way back. And before I get back on the floor, I'm 100%. I'm medically cleared. Everything is good. 
I block a shot. Right when I come down, a guy falls into my knee and it tears my ACL all over again. I got to start the process over again. Wow. Um, that surgery didn't go as well. They needed two to clean it back up again. And then it, it, and then it really didn't take great. So I had kind of like a trick knee that was going in and out. And so then I had to go have another third complete ACL reconstruction. Um, and all of these were allografts. So they take an Achilles tendon from a cadaver and they, they, they slap it in your knee and then you rehab it. And it's a longer rehab because it's not your own tissue. So I went through that for the third time, five total surgeries, same knee during college. Wow. Uh, the, 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 the crux of that mark and the impact of that was a lot of trauma, but not just the physical trauma mm -hmm. that I was experiencing. It was the emotional trauma because my identity was wrapped up in sport. My identity was whether or not that ball went through the hoop, whether I got that validation. And every time it got stripped away from me, I felt less than. And I, I, I know now that that was Christ working in me and speaking that you're more than and you're beyond that. It, that doesn't define you. It's it's a gift that you've been given. We want you to explore it, but it's not for your purpose. It's for his. Mm. Um, but I didn't understand that then. Um, I understand that now. The amazing thing, Mark, was that every time I blew my knee out, some low level coaching opportunity came my way and I didn't have anything but time. And I'm a busybody. So it was, hey, can you help me coach this rec league? Hmm. Well, yeah, sure. Let's go coach some kids, some basketball. That's going to be fantastic. So I did that. You know, then that leads to the guy saying, hey, I need some help with the AAU uh, uh, team that I'm coaching, the, you know, the, the, the U17 or U18 or whatever. And, and so I'm like, yeah, I'll go help you out. And then I show up and, and then he hands me the clipboard at the tryout and says, hey, my wife just told me we're pregnant with my second child. And she said, if I don't stop doing this, then we're done. So you're, you know, congrats. Here's the whistle. Here's the clipboard. You're now the head coach of this AAU program. I'm still in college, mind you. And I still have a player's mindset, but at the same time, I didn't want to let these guys down. We had 80 kids trying out for the team. I'm going, okay, well, I guess I better run some kind of, I didn't even know what I was doing to be quite honest with you. I'm like, Hey, do layups, man, you know, shoot a jump shot. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but then I coached that team. And, and then, you know, then I have to have another surgery and, and, it, and there was these opportunities where I got introduced to people that uh, I could become a graduate assistant, um, you know, and I turned them all down and, and uh, um, went and worked in professional sports right when I was graduating with Tampa Bay Rays uh, mm -hmm. and uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was the director of merchandising. So I ran all of the merchandising shops inside the stadiums on game days. And I realized really early on, love baseball because it was a game every night. Mm -hmm. hated football because I could never watch football. I had a sideline pass. I made three plays all year long uh, <laughs> for the Bucs because I was so busy, you know, just putting out fires. I realized that at that time in my life, I wasn't ready to be on the business side of sport. I needed to be in, 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 in the locker room mm -hmm. with the teams, working with athletes. And I knew that coaching opportunity was a way to get me there. So I ended up being a graduate assistant at, at, at Georgia Tech Um and that was an amazing opportunity. Worked mostly with Paul Paul Hewitt, wow. uh, who ended up being wow. the new coach when I came in there. And he ended up being national coach of the year. Took him all the way to the uh, national championship game. That was after I'd left. But but getting my my master's degree in sports business uh, and, and uh, college athletics track, um, it, it positioned me. My work with Paul, he 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 was a great advocate. He was a great mentor. Um, that allowed me to get my first my, my first assistant coaching job, full-time assistant coaching job at Georgia State University uh, under Lefty Giselle. 
So that's kind of the story of how it all started. And again, it mm. was something that it, it every time I hurt and it was injured and something was stripped away, yeah, coaching was introduced into my life in some form or fashion. And I had to figure it out, right? And 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 you know, it's led to the most amazing uh career, and I wouldn't change a moment of it, relationships and uh losses. Uh, and then of course, you know, a couple wins along the way too. I'm telling you, buddy, I've seen you around campus. I've seen the way the kids interact with you, uh, kids, the 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 student athletes. Um, I hate calling them kids because they're men um, and women, but the the way they they respond to you, you are a leader, my friend, and you right, you were groomed for this, and you know God always has a plan, right? And uh, uh, who knows about those injuries, what would have led to your career if you didn't have those injuries. But I can tell you, I know Rick and I could both both vouch for this. How many coaches do we know that got into coaching because of some sort of uh, impact to their body or something that broke them down? They couldn't play anymore. I mean, we how many do we know, Rick? There's a lot out there yeah. that have had that happen. It's just a natural progression. Well, I can't play ball anymore. But man, I could coach, right? I know how to lead men. I know how to love on men. I know how to direct them, how to teach them character, all the things that I believe a coach should be. Um, I mean, you definitely had a path, right? So tell us about, okay, so you're doing all that. Did you meet your wife in college? Is that how you met her? No, uh, coaching brought me to her, okay? Uh, so- it was a plan, buddy. It was, man. I, I mean, I ended up, okay. All right, Mark. Now you're digging in deep, buddy. Okay, so let's get real here. So life, life's a mess. I'm trying to figure stuff out. I'm at Eastern Kentucky University. And it, it, it um, you know, I was in the director of basketball operations. Uh, I had I moved from a previous position and moved into an off the floor position. And, and so it was more administrative. And in, the, and in that year, though, I could still do recruiting. I, there was actions in, that the NCAA did allow. And I was able to do this, but I couldn't coach on floor. And I didn't realize how much I was going to miss that in that move to Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And and it was so hard. And and I had to sacrifice and, and, and you know, play my role and, and try to be a star in my role on that staff. And I, I, I did all of those things, but my heart was kind of breaking day by day by not being on the floor. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the end of that year, the NCAA changes the rules and restricts that position even more where you could no longer uh, uh, even recruit within the 30 mile radius. Mm-hmm. You, you There was activities that had previously been uh, allowed that were no longer going to be allowed. There were going to mm-hmm. be violations and uh, to me, that that reduced the position to something that I thought was more of an administrative assistant rather than a coach. Hmm. And so I said, I I got it. I I can't. I got to get out of out of this. I, I so I interviewed, and, and the most amazing thing is crazy. I interviewed for three different positions for the head coach. And I came in second on all three, and I very easily could have been the guy that was selected. Okay, hmm. and hmm. I was just like beside myself because I'm like, man, I'm going to be. And and stuck that that's a really bad word, but that's the way that my mind thought at that point. Sure, I want to be stuck sure. at Eastern Kentucky one more year in this role, and it wasn't about Eastern Kentucky. I love Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. but it was it was about the role that I was serving. And I didn't feel like that was the role for me. Mm-hmm. And it was getting late in the summer, and you usually don't move. And the head coach Jeff Newbauer had come to me and said, "Hey Lance, you know I, I appreciate you know what you're doing and in interviewing." He goes, and I had one more interview left, and it was for an assistant coaching position. And he goes. What do you say after this interview, if it doesn't go your way, 
Like we just wave it off and then you're just going to stay for another year because I really don't want to have to replace you, especially this late in the summer. Yeah. I said, yeah, you know what? Just give me this one more. And then if it's not the right place and if I don't get the position or whatnot, then, then yeah, I'm in. I'll be back for another year. So this was my final shot. And uh, it was a connection from a coach that I coached with at Georgia State, a guy named Fred Reich. And he had mentioned one time that that he knew this guy named Kelly Green had worked at this school called Arizona Western that was out in Arizona. Hmm. I never really researched, but I remembered that. And then I saw this job that came up at Arizona Western College. And it was in this place I'd never heard of, except for some movie. Um, it was a Western and it was called 310 to Yuma. So Yuma, Arizona. And and there was a jail there and a lot of dust and tumbleweed and and it was supposed <laughs> to be hot. And that's what I knew about Yuma, right? Right. But I needed a job and I needed to be back on the floor with the guys coaching, actively coaching, involved yeah. in the day-to-day. And uh, so I called Fred and I said, hey, there's this job at Arizona Western. The head coach is Kelly Green. I think you mentioned him to me at some point about five years ago, six years ago, that 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 he coached you back in the day when you were in college or something. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know coach green. He goes, yeah, you know, and I know the whole green family and they're all coaches. And he goes, uh, are you interested in that job? I said, I am. He goes, well, let me make a call and send me over your stuff and I'll forward it over to him after the call. Uh, long story short, I landed in Yuma, uh, Mark. Uh, I was 116 that day in that summer I'm wearing a black suit because I was completely unprepared for what I was going to face when I walked into the heater that is Yuma. Um, end up getting the job. Three days into being there, uh, they have a welcome breakfast for all the new employees. Okay. And I had just arrived three days prior. I sit down. I've got this uh, nice lady that I don't know sitting next to me. And there's an open seat next to that. I've got my boss, Kelly Green, sitting across from me. And all of a sudden, we're five minutes into the program, and I hear these high heels clicking on the the tile floor. Click, 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 click. So, of course, it draws my attention back. I look back over my shoulder, and there's this amazing, beautiful woman walking in, <laughs> making her appearance five minutes late, which this I found guy's out gotta write a book does the way all you- the time. The way he's describing this, it's like it's it's like a movie, right? Well, it, it to me, it is my movie. It's my movie for sure. And the best part of my movie is is when she came into my life. So, um, I met my wife Charlisle. She goes by Char. Um, we ended up, uh, you know, uh, taking it really slow, and 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 uh, really didn't start dating until um, you know months had passed where we'd really gotten to know each other. Um, uh, at, at, at a, at a friendship level. And then also at a, you know, spiritual level. And she invited me back to church. And so that's how my relationship with the Lord kind of started growing again. Uh, and she gave me a mixtape. It was a mixed CD. I don't know if you guys remember that. Some of the new, the people, new listeners, they have no idea what I'm talking about right now, but she gave me, you know, she said, Hey, I think you need to play this one track. It's called back to the cross. It's by this group named detour 180. So it's number three on the CD that I'm giving you. Um, and we just had a, a nice dinner. She'd taken me out for my birthday. And uh, so I listened to that tape. I completely broke down, became a mess. After we talked the next day, she said, well, hey, I'm going to be going to church on Sunday if you want to join. And uh, that was uh, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, and uh, here we here we are. That was 2006. And here we are today. Uh, she was a single mom with two amazing girls that are my girls now, both Lauren and Aspen. 
I'm a, I'm a grandfather to Levi. I'm about to be another grandfather. I could be one today. I don't know. She's having yeah, some distractions like, and stuff. So you don't look old enough to be a grandfather. I know. Hey, man, I, 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 um, I'm Benjamin Button. I'm working backwards. So hopefully I'll look younger next year than I do this year. I got to tell you, buddy, and that's the reason why I like to, uh, we have several coaches that are high profile coaches like you that are going to be on uh, in the in upcoming uh, podcasts that we're going to be taping. And I always like to go back into the life and, you know, other podcasts, they just want to talk sports, right? But it, there's, there's, there's something that makes you the coach that makes you the person. And what Rick and I have realized over the years is it's, it's their, the backstory, it's their life. It's the women behind them. It's the kids behind them, the family behind them, the other coaches that were uh, brought up uh, that taught them on the way up. You mentioned two great names already. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm so thankful that you tell us that story because a lot of people don't know. Right. And so it's definitely not something, it's definitely not something I share all the time. Right. You know, you start talking about, I know know that I'm a hard on the sleeve kind of guy, but I don't need to give you the whole story. I hope I didn't take you too off, buddy. I mean, that was just, it's really beautiful to hear and, and to hear about your faith and how you became a Christian. Okay. So you, 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 you're coming up through the ranks. You end up in LA, you left Yuma, you go to LA. Um, you're coaching in a, in a, in a college there. And then what happens with William Jessup? How did, how did you hear of that? What brought that all about? Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty amazing. Um, I'm going to rewind it to 2008. Uh, okay. the, the Jessup story started in 2008 and I'd never heard of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, so about a year after, uh, you know, going going back to church and really uh, committing my lo- my life to the Lord and um, starting to serve at the church and being invested, I, I, I really heard a voice from God that just kind of, you know, there's only a couple of times that like I kind of felt like I, I, I audibly heard inside of my head, God talked to me and say, hey, this is a path that I have set before you. And uh, this was one of those couple of occasions that has occurred. So it's, it's very unique, very rare. But it's like, you're going to serve at a Christian university at some point. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my head, that meant immediately. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I start looking, and man, I'm, I'm combing through the different job announcements, the ones that I would be qualified to go coach at. Hmm. And for five years, I reach out to, to, to everyone that I thought, hey, you know what? You know what? I'm a good fit. It's the right fit. It's the right level. I have all the qualifications they're looking for. I should be somebody that at least garners some kind of consideration. And um, for five years, I didn't get one email. I didn't get uh, one phone call. I didn't get one thanks, but no thanks lever. And when I say, I, I mean, I got zero communication and I probably put out 20 or 25 uh, uh, inquiries and and resumes and applications. Hmm. And I, I didn't even get like, again, like thanks, but no thanks. Uh, it was just crickets. And and it was 2013. Uh, and and I, I remember telling Shar, telling my wife, hey, I think I may have heard God wrong. I, I believe that that maybe we're just supposed to to serve in in that you know non Christian public school college environment and uh, do our thing there and minister through our work there and how we love serve and care and 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 so maybe this is my path and maybe I heard God wrong. A week later, 
uh, a coaching buddy of mine who's a Christian, a guy named Joel Sabaka. At the time, he was the associate head coach for the University of Portland, the pilots. And Joel, I had shared when we were on a recruiting trip one day, we're sitting next to next to each other in Las Vegas, watching, you know, AAU go, go on that, you know, he's like, wait, what's, what's your future look like? Well, I said, man, I, I really feel like God's pushing me towards or pulling me towards serving at a Christian university. So it was a, it was a, just an open conversation to me. It was like, almost like a throwaway comment. Um, but Joel had remembered that and he called me and he goes, Hey, Lance, what do you got going on? I said, not much. That's what's going on. He's like, Hey, are you interested in, in um, the possibility? I, I remember you telling me that you were interested in serving at Christian university. There's this school down in the Sacramento area. I don't know too much about it, but I know that the job's opening it up and I heard that they're going to make an investment in athletics and they want to start with men's basketball. And I immediately thought of you. And I said, well, yeah, I'm interested. What's the name of the school? And he goes, William Jessup University. And I said, all right. So then I went on the web page. I looked it up and I found the highest ranking official on the uh, web page for athletics. And I sent a little email and said, hey, I'd love to talk about the position. What can you tell me? You know, mm. a minute later, I get an email back that says, uh, are you available to talk on the phone? I emailed back and I said, yes, here's my number. And a minute later, my phone rang. So in under five minutes, I was in a conversation with Farnham Smith, uh, who, who I have the pleasure of serving with Mark, you know, him well, I know Farnham. Um, one of the best human beings in the world. We had a 20 minute conversation. I sent him my materials. He pushed them up to the president and the vice president, uh, John Jackson and Eric Hogue. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, my journey at Jessup was forged. What I realize, you know, is that God needed to season me yeah. as, as, as a, a soldier for Christ. He needed me rooted in, in, in his will so that I was prepared to serve at a Christian university and, and to serve well. I wasn't ready in 08. I wasn't in 9, 10, 11, or 12. I was ready in 13, and I was ready to be called down to Jessup and so now I, I, I'm trying to learn not to argue with God on his timeline because I always lose that argument. Well, I tell you, buddy, your accolade since you've been at uh, uh, William Jessup has been exceptional. Um, I'm looking at something that I printed off uh, from the computer here, uh, a total record of 183 uh, and 113 at Jessup. Um took the program to an NIA national tournament three times, 2016, 2019, and 2022. Also led the Warriors to eight consecutive seasons of national recognition in the NAIA coaches poll. And uh, I even got more here, buddy. I mean, uh, 39 NAIA top 25 rankings, 34 All-Conference, 18 All-Americans, 15 Scholar-Athletes, 8 Players of the Year. So, I mean, buddy, you're it, it, this is a dream, my friend. And, and, and coaches um, that we know would love to have what you have been able to, uh, with the direction of God, <laughs> that has helped you grow this to such an amazing program. Um, I, that's why I'm so honored to have you be on this podcast, buddy, because you really 
are not only a leader of student athletes, but an amazing man that I know that everybody that is blessed to be coached by you is leaving a better person. And that is huge, Lance. That is huge, coach. I mean, Mark, that's what it's all about. It's about the relationships. It's the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. And that's one of those common things that coaches say. But but if you take it to heart and you make those relationships first and foremost, um, then uh, then that's 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 the bigger win. Because the records and the accolades, those are Mm -hmm. fantastic. I mean, yeah we enjoy them. You know, you, you want to be the best at what you do. Right. So, so you compete, you know, I mean, and God asks us to, you know, to, to compete, to win, you know, don't just run the race to run the race, you know, you want to compete to win. So we absolutely do that. But the big wins and the real wins is seeing what these men become once they leave. Yes. And and keeping a 40 year relationship with them rather than a four year relationship with them. Yes. Yes. That's the value add. And that's why coaching has been my life's journey and my life's work. And Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that um, I would I would be. uh, I I, I can't find the right word, but but I would be upset with myself if I collected a whole bunch of hardware and a whole bunch of accolades. Uh, but I didn't have a great relationship with the players who would run through my program. And, you know, I don't have a great relationship with every one of them, you know, mm-hmm. but, but uh, you know, the, the lion's share I, I, I do, and we still keep in touch. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of uh, adversity that you have to overcome. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're trying to get everybody on the same page, moving in the same direction. Um, and you're, you're, you're working to be in sync. Uh, and, and when you get guys that are both feet in, it's amazing how those relationships grow. No doubt about it, buddy. No, you've done an exceptional job. Okay, so you know we talked about your your uh, a brief history of your tenure at William Jessup. You get promoted uh, to vice president of athletics at William Jessup, where you, you hold that role now. Um, you're excelling in NAIA, and then in 2019, you start working on something. That involves the NCAA. Tell us that story. Well, it, it was yeah. That it's, it's an amazing story uh, because it's personal to me, right? And and it's personal to so many people here at Jessup, and people are so excited about it. the uh, the The conference that we're in, the Golden State Athletic Conference that we currently in in the NAIA, is arguably you know, the number one conference in the country for NAIA. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, year in and year out, we're competing with the other top conferences in the country across all sports and all disciplines. That that, uh, has meant that uh, there's been a maturation process for a number of schools in the GSAC that have come before us that have successfully moved from NAIA to to, to NCAA, Division Mm -hmm. II in the PacWest Conference. Mm -hmm. And then some that have even moved, like Cal Baptist, from NAIA GSAC to uh, PacWest, to the mm-hmm. whack in NCAA Division One, right? Mm-hmm. And they've done the double jump. Mm-hmm. And um, in in watching this, you know, we came into the league and we had Concordia Irvine in the league. And the year after we got in, they moved into NCAA Division Two, and then we were competing with with Biola, and we were competing well uh, with with Biola. And then they went from NAIA to NCAA Division Two and were performing well in the Pac West. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that Point Loma had done it. We knew Azusa Pacific had done it. Uh, so there was a, you know, Fresno Pacific, Dominican, all of these schools that are in the PAC West right now previously were NAIA institutions. And 
I also knew that Westmont was looking at the possibility of going, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'd heard rumors about possibly Vanguard. And I'm going, okay, let's look at the landscape of this. We've made a significant investment at Jessup University to invest in athletics. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've done well and, 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 and we've become the front porch of the university alongside with theater and with music, uh, yes. where we do a lot of outreach into the community. The community mm -hmm. comes in and sees us, yeah. we have camps going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that we've become a branding and marketing function for the university so that we can grow organically mm -hmm. and have the right students come to Jessup and for us to be, uh, highly successful and to, uh, know and equip, uh, these young people, for Christ through education so they can go out and transform the world. So that's been our mission. And so how do we make sure that we don't fall back with the investment that we in that we have in athletics? We don't mm -hmm. want to go backwards with if other schools elevate, we stay the same, we might take a step back because if we're playing against lesser competition or those that maybe don't value athletics as much as we do, yes, we may be over-resourced and we will not get the same type of coverage that we're currently receiving. So we want to be against sister schools that have a like mind that want to really challenge. And mm -hmm. so in 2019, under that mindset, I started doing some base research. Um, if and when it was required and we needed to be prepared to go, I didn't want to be caught unprepared because everybody knows what John Wooden says. You know, uh, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. I believe there you that's go. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I was of that mindset. So I started doing the preparations and then, uh, you know, I, I got the information. I have the, the, the whole sheet. I didn't really do anything with it. I called different ADs. I called the membership committee at the NCAA. I, I was just doing all of the, the prep work just in case. And then COVID hits and everything slam stop, right? We come out of COVID. Westmont announces that they're going to go. And it, it became real then. Okay, Westmont's made the decision. Mm -hmm. All right, looking at the landscape, they're talking about conference realignment. We'd essentially be moving back to what was the CalPAC, which which is not competitively at the same space that the GSAC is at. Yes. And, and we didn't want to, to, to take that move back if a realignment left us out of the, the, the new GSAC. So I said, all right. So I really put the boots to the ground, got all the information, uh, put together a package, presented it to our president, then presented it to the board of trustees, got overwhelming support in uh, 2021. And uh, then we did the entire membership process over the past year, which culminated, uh, I guess, about a week and a half ago. Yes, yes. Uh, with us getting the the the, the nod that yeah. Hey, yeah. You're, you are being accepted into the NCAA reclassification process and you're going to be moving into provisional year one so that's that's where we're at and it's it's an amazing time to be a warrior uh and it is a groundbreaking uh uh deal but i would be remiss mark if i did if people didn't understand how much work went in from the entire campus community mm. i cannot sit here and take credit for our move it started with our president, our board of trustees. It started with everybody on the athletic staff working. It started with the registrar, the financial aid office, the student life. Every one of those was part of this process with the NCAA. They had sections they had to complete. They had to attend committee meetings. They had to meet with the NCAA when the NCAA visited campus. And every single one of the people on campus was ready to step up and serve and help athletics make this adjustment to NCAA Division II. Uh, we've had Dr. John Jackson on this podcast. 
and we know the type of man and the type of leader he is. Um, and I could just imagine how enthused he was and how, how he got behind this play because, uh, uh, it's huge. It's, it's, it's groundbreaking. I know it was huge news here around Sacramento when it broke a week and a half ago. Um, it's exciting, my friend, because I know it just elevates the whole program to a whole other degree. And even D2, I mean, D2 NCAA is a tough league, people. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, it's not like it's a, a lateral move. This is a move up. And, uh, and I know, no doubt, buddy, that you'll be D1 sooner or later. But also when it comes to recruiting, this is a huge thing when it comes to being out there, talking to the athletes, but, you know, telling them about William Jessup, telling them that they are going to be a part of the NCAA and all the, the vision that brings. I mean, this is going to be very helpful for that. Yeah, the coaches are excited about that. The, the blue seal of the NCAA is the most recognizable uh, seal for, for collegiate athletics in the world. And yes. it, it's the standard bearer. It is, uh, it is the, the one that uh, you don't have to explain. Okay, Um, you know, with with the NAIA and the NAIA organization has been an association has been fantastic with Mm -hmm. us. Uh, We we really enjoyed our time there and it is a wonderful association. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, when we are working with recruits, Mm -hmm. uh, we have to explain what the NAIA is Mm -hmm. and then we have to overcome the objections of what level we compete at. Mm. right so many times you know they, they really don't understand you know hey we we go toe-to-toe with 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 d2s mm-hmm. on an annual basis and, and we fare we fare well right yeah, yeah. um they, it, it, there's a there's a stigma that's there right once the kids get there they realize oh man i don't know why i thought what i thought but mm. you know now we don't have to fight that stigma and at the other time I, I do believe the depth of the quality at the ncaa division two uh is is at a completely different level Mm. Uh, in the NAI, there's, there, there is a significant drop off after you get to a certain section, depending on sport. Mm. Um, and, and when you have that drop off then then those games can become less than competitive yes. uh, uh, at the NCAA division two, what I've seen and what I've witnessed and in and, and talking to all the other coaches and the athletic directors is if you don't come with your a game, it don't matter what the record of the opponent is. They're good enough to knock you off. Yes. And so the competitive environment of being ready to play on every single night is going to be what's required for us to be successful. Amazing. Amazing. I'm so excited for you, coach. Uh, uh, what a, what a testimony to the hard work uh, and what you've created at William Jessup. I mean, really, um, I hope the people that are listening to this understand the greatness of this and what it means to this, this university that has what uh, enrollment of how many kids? I- Right around, uh, I think seventeen, eighteen hundred, and uh, we're, we're, you know, we were trending in a really amazing uh, way until COVID hit, and mm-hmm. then obviously with COVID, uh, almost all small private Christian universities, you know, probably ninety percent of them took a hit. We we were mm-hmm. fortunate we took a hit, but but it was one that was one sustainable and two that I thought that we managed and mitigated really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we were on track, and I'm glad to say we were on track for a record-breaking uh, enrollment class not only for athletics, but for the university. I just came out of an enrollment alignment team. I serve on that committee with our, with our university. We mm. just went over the numbers just earlier today. And uh, they're, they're amazing. They're record-breaking. Uh, God's doing some, some terrific things here at Jessup. It's a great university. 
Um, and there is something to be said about having a faith-based education. And um, not, hey, I'm not knocking any other university. I mean, my partner Rick went to Cal, right? So I mean, uh, there's Go I'm Bears. not knocking, but I'm I'm telling you, uh, uh, it's an amazing university. And if you ever get a chance. Just walk the campus. The campus is amazing. It's beautiful. It's exciting. The energy level is always top notch. It's just, um, it's a great place to visit. So, um, hey, man, I, I'm going to land the plane, Lance, and, and I got to talk about this. I know this is something that you and I are really working closely on, and it's close to our heart. On November 11th, we are having a program at William Jessup in connection and in partnership with their basketball um, uh, division um, called Hoops for Heroes. And tell us a little bit about that, Lance, what we're trying to do with Hoops for Heroes and how excited we are about that. Uh, Hoops for Heroes is is absolutely the can't this event. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, November 11th. Uh, we're gonna have activities starting around noon, and we're gonna rock and roll till tip off at two. And we are gonna have a production uh, that that you know partnering with the Honor Group to create Hoops for Heroes. This will be our second year doing it. It would have been our third, but COVID knocked out the first iteration. Um, but but one of the things that we do at Jessup, uh, and we want to do really well, is partner with the right community groups that are helping others that are always serving. Okay. Mm -hmm. So our, our servicemen and women, the sacrifice that they commit so that we enjoy our freedoms. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, the entire yes. side of my, my, my father's family, it served in the Marines. Yes. Um, you know, they served in Vietnam, multiple tours. Um, I have a, a, a huge heart for the military. And I also know that there's an impact, you know, it, it, it might be a physical impact, it might be a mental impact, it might be a little bit of both, but we have to serve them well, we have to reintegrate them well, we have to educate and give them the opportunity to access education, we have to be able to meet their needs, and the honor group does it better than anybody else. And just the fact that we're able to partner with you to create this game where we raise money uh, to support uh, uh soldiers that that uh, need something and then also build our scholarship fund mm. and to build our resource center for veterans mm. right on yes. campus so that we yes. can serve them better here yes and we combine our efforts and we yes. reach out to our people you reach out to yours mm. and then we have a a top level basketball game happening in front of them yes it, it's going to be an event you can't miss and it oh did i mention mark <laughs> it's two days before a pretty big day yes. for veterans. What day is that? That's Veterans Day, my friend. Free that five. is Veterans Day. Get some! Get some! I love it. Free I love it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be a huge weekend. We're so excited about partnering with you guys and, and putting this on. Uh, we want to make an impact in the community. We want to bring the resource to the vets at William Jessup, and we're super, super excited about it. Coach Von Vogt, I want to thank you so much for being on our, our bringing it back on a radio, right, Rick? Yeah, that's we're, it. We're, we're bringing it back, and it's an honor to have you on this show, buddy. And uh, I just uh, 
I can't say enough of what I feel about you as a friend, as a man, as a coach, as a husband, a father. You're just a good man, my friend, and uh, a good luck uh, as you as you as you roll into the NCAA in 2024. Good luck this season with everything that you do. We love you, man, and thank you so much. I love you too, Coach, and uh, keep keep doing what you do. It makes a difference. Thank you. I appreciate you, Lance.